0: Welcome back to another edition of Talk So Real with Matt Sanzala. I'm Matt Sanzala, and this is the podcast in which I talk to my friends, and I got a good old friend here today. That's This conversation should have happened a long time ago, man. We've been talking about it forever and definitely share similar histories. I've watched this guy come up and do incredible things here in the Texas scene, Austin scene, hip-hop-wise, built a lot of the foundation of everything that uh, we're living on right now. Finally... I got Doug Mecca in the house.
1: What's up, what's up?
0: What's up, my man? Now, seriously, like, I first encountered you before I knew you, even just knowing that you were one of the people, Dave and Doug Mecca, yeah, behind Hip Hop Mecca, hip hop yes, promoters here in Central Texas, doing crazy stuff in Austin in the 90s for sure. Like, my recollections are like, Austin was like second home to – a lot of artists we love to this day, the the hieroglyphics, the, the yeah. Project Bload guys, the the visionaries, rhyme sayers, those type of people like yeah. living legends. They were living legends were here yeah. like all the time and that was because you guys were putting it down, supporting the music, and putting on really great quality shows. What was the first show Hip Hop Mecca ever produced?
1: Um, the first show mm-hmm. that Hip Hop Mecca produced I wasn't around for yet. But Dave mm-hmm. and uh DJ Knick knack put on the hieroglyphic show.
0: Okay. The first one?
1: Mm-hmm. First one, I believe it was the first time they've they came here. Um all I, together as a group. I
0: would assume that's ninety four or five?
1: ninety seven.
0: Really? Ninety
1: seven,
0: yeah. Um Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, right after that, still 97, I believe it was like December, November was hieroglyphics. December was organized confusion. So that was my first show at the electric lounge. Yes. Okay. So that was my very first show with them was, uh, organized confusion. So
0: that was an amazing show. They came out with the, uh, miners lights on their heads. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Pitch black made us turn the electric sign off. Yep. All that, yeah, man. That
0: was a dope show. And, um, man.
1: um, They had DJ Ike Love, who at the time was doing all of those house parties that um, Q-Tip was throwing Mm. out in Queens. Mm -hmm. Um, He was Q-Tip's house DJ over there. So, you know, they had uh, Boogie Boogie Blonde was with him as well.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, he was. He wasn't even
1: DJing at that time. That's right. Yeah.
0: Was OC there? No, no, he wasn't at that one. No.
1: no, no. He uh we ended up doing OC and with Ed OG and the Bulldogs yep. later on. Man. I believe it was around 2000 that we did that um over at the Mercury.
0: Okay. And Jazz. Yeah, definitely. With uh was Mike Henry at the Mercury too? Mike Henry. No, was but he shot
1: one. us that way, man. We did quite a few shows over there. The biggest one I think we did at the electric lounge was the whole project blow was the yep. Freestyle Fellowship. Mm-hmm. We thought it was just gonna be AC alone. Yeah, we had a couple flyers made up for just AC alone, and then we learned that Jupiter was getting out of prison, and wow, um, you know, which was the first Freestyle Fellowship show where they were all together in six years because Ju- Jupiter had been locked up for six years, and he came out. the From what I understand, he came out the pen and jumped on a plane. Wow, you know, straight to Texas, violating Damn, <laughs> straight man, out man, the man. straight out the gate, violating. And but, I think uh, he
0: almost got into it in Houston at Fitzgerald's, like the next night.
1: Yeah, I was there. You I was there too. for that. It was, um, yeah, that was uh, something to talk about, man. Because you know everybody thinks they right, but I don't know. I, I've I've been around hip hop for a long time, and anytime you come and sit on the stage and be disrespectful, and even when they ask you two or three times to please let them have their time, let them have their stage, you know, and mm-hmm. nobody's listening everybody's still being disrespectful so they sick (laughs) jay smooth man jay smooth just started putting on beats and handed the mic off to la cool and la cool does what he did man does what he does you know and and uh yeah it was brutal and it got heated and um you know, we almost had to go to war over that. Well, I had, I had some problems out in Houston after I had to stick up for them guys. Man, it's like I felt like we was responsible because they they were there with us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So
0: that's crazy because that community was never. And then I read about it route. in the
1: rap pages. Really? Yeah, they wrote a little article on it in the rap pages or whatever. Oh I mean, man, wow, man,
0: that's crazy. That's a Fitzgeralds. That was usually a pretty peaceful scene, man. Like really chill. Mm. But the. Uh,
1: it was, uh, I guess it was part of Diology's crew. Yeah, I heard that. that. Was, yeah.
0: And that's who I came up with yeah. down there. You know, those like, are my guys from, they were called the Psycho yeah. Ward before Which they were the name. They neon were all
1: guys. at the studio together earlier that day and whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess people got too comfortable. Who and-
0: knows? <laughs> I wasn't there. I was here, I think, in 97.
1: Yeah, I thought that we were gonna nice die that day. night. They were waiting for us outside after the show. There was guns. It was they let all the air out the tires in the car. And yeah. No. We had to God. roll on rims to get out of there, man.
0: My God. You know? That's crazy,
1: but man. AC on AC alone, a real dude, man. He went out there and just if y'all are gonna shoot me, y'all are gonna shoot me. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk about it.
0: Man. No, that's a joke. That's terrible. I forgot yeah. Just brought back memories. Damn.
1: I was sitting there, standing, hair standing on end. Like, man, we can't do this in Houston, man. You can do this in Austin. Can not yeah.
0: do this in Houston, man? No. <laughs> but those dudes, man, are totally cool dudes. That's the weirdest yeah. thing. I don't. That's not like like them, in my opinion. But I, when I heard that story, I was like, damn. I was yeah. glad I wasn't there. But maybe if I'd have been there, I, I'd have had to dad up on everybody, and talk to them. Yeah. But. Man,
1: but yeah, that organized confusion was really cool. We did Austin, Dallas Houston with them as well. I believe we played the wax the wax, yeah, in Houston then um b boy Craig and all them guys out there, man, they always always looked out yeah. c plus you know, yeah, always gave us a nice little network through there, always had a good crowd out there for us, did good promotions and all mm-hmm. that reprogram and yeah d j witness and you know, RIP yeah, R. to fly. Oh man, that's a hard yeah.
0: hard one for sure, man. Yeah, man. C and I started a hip hop copy shop together in like the end of 92, 93. Yeah. And uh, a few blocks from Fitzgerald's, actually, just down the street from there. And that was my beginnings. Yeah. Booking like hip hop events and Is, stuff. Is uh, sure.
1: Fitzgerald still there?
0: It's a parking lot. It's a parking lot. Now. It's gone, gone. Like actually torn yeah. all the way down that historic building.
1: Yeah, I saw a few things online where they were talking shit about folks coming in, you know, and man. doing things over there. And I was like, whoa, you know. And at the same time, I felt where they were coming from because I've had to do a few of those joints over here. And man, yeah. I really don't want to see us like that.
0: What do you mean? When you the, know, just when the owner wrote that.
1: Yeah, yeah, she was, she was long winded with it too. You know See, what I mean? And the I was fr- like, the problem Ooh. is,
0: the problem is she was actually completely right, but it, in white people ways, she said it in she's, the wrong yeah. way. And I think she's Latina anyway, but she also she was like with their pants sagging and their this and the troublemakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, no, well, yeah, they do trying something. to bring
1: their liquor in my bar. True, yeah.
0: smoking blunts in the bar, mm-hmm. which you know, like. <laughs> It's a little different now, but yeah. if the TABC wants to take your license, they could take your license yeah. for that. You know, that, that's serious business, and these ignorant idiots smoking their blunts everywhere. Some yeah. places you can do that, fine, but yeah. if the owner doesn't want you smoking weed in the building, don't. Right. You get that shit shut down, it's hard enough putting together, you know, from in the trenches, putting on these hip-hop yeah. shows. Man, it's war. <laughs> like yeah, and that thing, was always you know? the
1: problem. That was always the thing that, you know, because cause during the times, you know, we started talking about here, like, it wasn't cool. Mm-mm. Like, people they people that owned bars and had liquor license and had spaces and good good PA systems to do things, like, wouldn't let us in there because this is what they heard about on the news, all these bad things, you know what I mean? So I mean, it was very easy to go in and do something and never be able to be invited back to do anything ever again. Easily, like, it yeah. didn't take anything.
0: No. You know, when so. I, I mean, I came into South by 04, 05, 06, 07. I had doors closed on me all the time. People yeah. say we don't want black people in the club. Yeah, I was like, What year is this? You know, but you can kind of you can kind
1: tell them the part. You know, there's some yeah. places that are still like that. You know, when you go in there and you try and order some cognac and they don't have none in the entire bar, you kind of know what it is. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I mean, everything's changed here, it is what it is, and there's also things that are still great. You know, I think, yeah you know, resound and those guys and heard and people putting in, you know, they have great venues. They'll mix it up. It is yep. what it is. And then Flamingo Cantina still standing after all these years. I have no idea how. Yeah, 32 little, years deep right keeping now. Keeping it real know. for 32 years. Yeah. That's not easy.
1: It's not. It's not. not. Easy, She's man. been doing a special thing there for a really long time, yeah. you know. And, you know, it's it's world music, mostly reggae, you know, but even... I think it was 98, 99 she allowed us to come in there and do what we do. And, you know, we had to hold everybody responsible for whatever happened, you know. we There's been times we had to go back and get graffiti writers, like, look, there's graffiti all over my bar. And we'd go up there and look and see who it is and make a few phone calls and end up over at this guy's house going, come on, man, you got to go clean up your mess, bro. Like, we're trying to be invited back like we don't need to you
0: know Oh, i've been in, get, <laughs> I've been in the bathroom till five in the morning at venues before yeah. scrubbing some kids graffiti off yeah, like
1: you gotta go buff that stuff man repaint over it whatever we'll, you want a wall we'll go get you a wall we'll get you a place to go do this but you know we can't
0: exactly we gotta well, that, be
1: able to hold everybody <clears throat> accountable for what they do you
0: know? yeah people don't know what we go through because it, it through. was
1: really tough back then man yeah. you know none of the none of the even like the little shop bars and all that stuff man all they were all owned by middle eastern guys or yeah you know and then with no rap you couldn't even play a rap record in the nope. bar down there man they really
0: didn't understand it at all but i remember so. seeing like x factor and ross Hog and magi and people like that at flamingo mm-hmm. when i first was coming down here you yep.
1: To the curb
0: early on. To the curb. That's right.
1: Yep. <laughs> and all
0: that stuff. That was um, yeah. That was quite a time. I remember
1: when 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 the two live crew went over there.
0: They were at flamingo. At flamingo. Wow.
1: And um, like Angela had to stop the show at, at the beginning. Like y'all got to get dressed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Because they bring all the girls with them. You know, from Miami, man. And yep. it's kind of anything goes out there. They got here. There was. News people out front. And there was, you know, the, the mounted cops on horseback wow. like surrounding the door out there. Like they thought it was going to be some kind of riot.
0: I've seen them a few times at like the rap clubs of Houston, like the club yeah. clubs, and it was raw, <laughs> like extremely raw. Yeah. And uh, would not go down in a regular live right. venue. No, it was craziness. But the uh, those days were interesting because, you know, in Houston, it, I don't know what year, maybe probably 97, 98 at the earliest was a place like Fitzgerald's would do hip hop. You know, like it wasn't, right. it wasn't like,
1: every night. It wasn't every weekend. No,
0: and it was also like, it was in the black clubs. Yeah. Like it was in the club clubs. It yeah. wasn't in like a live music venue with a proper sound system and stage. It was kind of like a, a lot of those rap shows I saw earlier were like promo shows. And that's how it happened. And then, like the locals, right?
1: They come in and do two songs and yeah. be out or whatever. Yeah. But it was promoted like it was going to be a whole show, and yeah. everybody's mad every time. And they yeah. don't go on
0: till two. And yeah. so I would—I've seen a lot of shows like that. And then they I were did like, that. "I saw—I saw
1: Vanilla Ice like that. Oh God! Back in '91 or what? Whatever. Damn. Um And 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 the Ghetto Boys opened for them. Wow. Yeah. Crazy.
0: I can see that. Willie D says he tried to get Jay to sign Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Because Vanilla Ice used to battle at the Rhinestone Wrangler. Got you. Which is crazy to even think of.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> Vanilla Ice ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know why I could never be a successful uh, record label? Because I don't know anything about what's popular and what people like. I only like things that mo- If I really like your music, you probably have no chance. Right. And uh <laughs> I'll never forget the first time, because we'd run home to watch you know MTV Raps on the East Coast. It was 3.30. Mm-hmm. I think it was under 3.30. And I remember me and my friend Mike were sitting in my mother's living room, my living room. We both had magazines with MTV Raps on. And Ice Ice Baby came on, first time I'd ever heard it. I looked up, and he, hadn't, he didn't even look up yet. I looked up and was like, look at this dude. Are you kidding me? Like, who would ever like this? No one would ever like this. (laughs) This is horrible. It became the biggest thing ever at the time. (laughs) I was like, no, nobody would like this. This is stupid. But yeah, man, you um, definitely helped shape a lot of what goes on here, man. And those were really fun times, like above and beyond anything. Like those shows were super fun. Really good parties, man. Really. A
1: lot of fun. Uh, A lot of dope music. A lot of, you know. All the artsy folks came out the closet. You know <laughs> what I mean. Everybody showed up, and
0: that's what I liked coming out. Brought up to what Austin. they
1: had to the table. All the b boys showed. Like all the elements were together then.
0: There's Blondie's skate shop mm-hmm. at the time. The NBK in curve, stores, yeah, in stores and Alien Records right downtown. Yeah,
1: Waterloo. <clears throat> I love that stage over at Waterloo, man. Yep. I wish I could do more in stores over there.
0: Yeah, they're for moving, folks,
1: man. Really.
0: At some point soon, they have to move it, so they just announced it. Wow. We need another condo. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm. Yeah, but uh, speaking of condos and things like that, how much simpler were those times in just general life in general here? Man, it was like the most chill place you could go. Yeah, the $2 most, dollar like, beers. Easy. Cheek, and out of the <laughs> back room, the <laughs> back room had nickel beers. Yeah. <laughs> and they go up a nickel every half hour.
1: Yeah, we really miss that place, man. man. It it really sucks. I mean, it's cool that it's still a venue, you know. Even though it is Live Nation,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know the big corporate takeover that's going on right now. Yeah, you know they bought up everything, they booking everything right now. Shit, the uh, Moody Theater is even owned by the Grand Ole Opry. Bar, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I what I mean? That. So it's like the big corporate takeover right now, and we're just gonna have to sit still and. Wait for these kids to be tired of paying three hundred dollars a seat to sit down in the front row. You know what I mean?
0: It's really. It's just so
1: backwards from the way everything used to be done. Like you go out to uh, the racetrack out here. Mm -hmm. You know the the F one, yeah, yeah, and and it's like general admission tickets or. All the way back there on the back of the hill, mm-hmm. you know, and I rem you, you're just paying your way up into the front row now. And it's like, I remember when you had to earn your way yeah. up to the front, you know what I mean? You had to mean? be in line all night. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> general admission was up front. And uh, if you wanted to be in there, you better be ready to yeah take on the mosh pit and everybody else is wrestling their way to the front of the stage and... Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. The whole uh, concept of paying one hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars for a concert is just so foreign to me. And then it's like our friends yeah. are still performing for five, six bucks. That's a- <laughs> like, <laughs> like okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's an easy thousand dollar night out uh, on the town. You know what I mean? No. Trying to take somebody to a concert these days.
0: And I don't listen to a lot of mainstream stuff. I really care to go to these things much, but I do remember when Adele came, and I was my daughters both loved Adele so much. And today, this isn't even that much, but the tickets were one hundred and sixty nine dollars.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, I can't spend eight hundred dollars for a night out. I just can't. That's yeah. not even. I probably wouldn't if I could. Right. But like four people with fees, that's eight hundred.
1: Mm-hmm. Festivals are the same thing right mm-hmm. now.
0: You know, to go be in pain. <laughs> no, walking a shit pit. But speaking of festivals, now, when how did you end up getting with South by Southwest? You guys put on. Some really um, memorable, you know. Years.
1: Um, they actually came to us. Um, we had been putting on shows for a couple of years and was kind of grooming the scene at that time, still grooming the scene. And um, they went to Mike Henry. It was Dave, Dave Thompson, okay. went to Mike, Mike Henry and was like, Hey, I want to get in touch with those hip hop mecha guys. We kind of got something going on here we'd like to get somebody involved that kind of knows the genre and, and, um, he, they ended up coming to us and we, they set up the meeting, me and Dave and Scooter all went up there and, uh, sat down with them and they were basically like, look, you know, um, first off, we can't pay you anything, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And, uh, we got this venue and we got three different stages and we've got a patio out there where we could possibly do something. And um, we was wondering if you guys want to go through all these bins of music that we have because they, you remember back oh, yeah. then it was all mail crates and CDs VR's and then and and you got to go yeah. through and the manila oh, folders and every find everybody's oh, yeah. one sheet and any press they have and you know, some of them hooked them up really nice. Some of them just, you know, yeah. sent sent what they could and, you know, on a prayer. But we went through and we actually went in there and went through all of those and pulled out the CD and pulled out the file and, mm-hmm. and hand picked, you know what I mean? Stuff that was coming out of all of these different regions. And, yep. You know, some of them we had heard of, some of them we hadn't. You know, like, of course, you know, all the high row and Project Blow stuff we knew all of that stuff and a lot of the East Coast stuff we knew but we never knew about groups like Atmosphere and Idea and Abilities and mm-hmm. this whole Rhymesayers movement out there it's like wow these kids are really on some you know heavy shit out here man yeah. like I didn't even had no clue yeah who'd have thought Minneapolis Saint Paul
0: well, I lived in Chicago from ninety ninety eight to two thousand one, and would see Atmosphere because they had all these all those type groups. be yeah. Rubber Cossie Room Duff, was Rubber one of the room. Chicago
1: yep. groups they had. Yeah,
0: you know, and everybody would come to MF Doom would come through, and I was like seeing Atmosphere at a venue, sold out, eleven 1, hundred people, every kid there rapping along with them, and uh, then came to Houston and saw him at the, the Engine Room with hundred people. Right. So they really, that's what I love about them is how they organically built their own scene like, yeah. in the van. Yeah, we helped before. groom a lot
1: of that yep. down here in, in the south and in Texas, you know.
0: Now you just you described know. that three-room venue and I don't remember, what was it called? Um,
1: it was actually Toulouse. Toulouse, okay. Where it's not sitting where it is now, but it's across. it was across the street from there. I think it was called Bob
0: Popular then. Wow, okay. Yeah, Bob Popular.
1: And uh, Which I used to go there in the early 90s Cause when I was had... just a teenager working down there, you know, just turning of age. And they had and, like a and, cheap uh, party. Yeah, nights. they would have an R&B night over there on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, I think it was, and the I'm business would play, and <laughs> mm-hmm. MC Overlord would be there every once in a while. You know, Steamboat was right across the street from there.
0: I feel like I saw Sir Mix-A-Lot at Bob Popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that is... That is possible. But man, I have I can see I saw um Shock G and the whole digital yes, underground I, I did over too. there. Yep, yep. That was the night that, that uh that was the night that uh what's his name? Uh, uh uh what's his name got arrested at the house for playing the bongos in his underwear.
0: Who was that? <laughs> I don't remember that.
1: Uh, all right, all right, all right.
0: Oh, McConaughey! Yeah, man, Matthew wow.
1: McConaughey. I
0: didn't know that. Yeah. Dang!
1: It was the after party to that He invited every, all of us over to it. Wow! House afterwards, and when we finally got done doing all the everything afterwards, and made it over there, like the cops were, damn, there for the second time that night, I guess, and over there when he lived in Terrytown, right here, and damn,
0: yeah, I was, I was not at that man. The uh, <clears throat> I have visions of. Because that first year, Dell was on there, right? Or Pyro uh-huh. and that. First, um,
1: actually, that was uh, Dead Prez that was on that one. The Living Legends. They, I think they played a different show.
0: I thought your Dead Prez was like with Big Daddy Kane at Stubbs or something. No,
1: Dead Prez. Dead Prez did that. Well, they came back the next that year next, for that okay, as well. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that was. Okay. So this was 99, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, we we took a bunch of the stuff that they had already had there and put it on the headline that they kind of knew about and dead prez was probably the top one who you know that album Mm -hmm. came out their first album came out that that year like right a month or two before south by and Mm -hmm. and uh man that was such a great album
0: great album i'm having visions of that night because i can remember like seeing we had roy jones jr
1: there Roy right. Jones Jr. showed up with his label and yep. Smackola was Smackola. signed yep. at that point, man. So they came out and we had a bunch of guys go to see Roy Jones and just go, I'm going home. I'm going home. I don't seen everything now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was really cool. That was at the height of his career, too, when he mm-hmm. was knocking people out with body blows. For-
0: mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, though, that night yeah. where because I, I could just see it in my head, seeing C-Plus and Witness.
1: but. And you know, it was it was such a test to by them to hey, you know, you got this all put together. Do you think anybody's gonna show up for it? And I was like, man, just let me put my name on.
0: They're still let saying me. That's put my name movie.
1: on this, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I, if I put my if I put Hip Hop Mecca on here, they gonna know what it is and they gonna show up just regardless. So they they allowed us to do that, which they also allowed us to do it again um, in two thousand in 2001 the hip hop Mecca and South by Southwest presents you know what i mean and and i think just having that on there because people had already been coming out to our parties and coming out to the shows we were throwing a lot of the community events that um you know just having that up there could draw enough people but you know at the same time they told us that one night that we did there at that show made more money than the entire you know, media fest mm. did and which was only a couple days long at that time like it wasn't that big yet but um i felt yeah. like we proved ourselves mm-hmm. and one of my deals for booking that and putting that together is like cool yeah we'll do this for you for free or whatever you know which they did end hook hooking us up with badges and we got to go all the extra behind the scenes parties and whatever else, you know, the deal <laughs> with that man, it's really cool mm-hmm. running into a lot of those movie stars and whatever. And got just kind of starstruck being from here where nobody came at that time. Yeah. You know, we was, but one of the deals was, was I'll do this for you, but when we blow it out the water next year, you know, you're going to give us picket a litter on the venues and you're going to, uh, you know, it's gotta be a place that has good sound, man. And, maybe a little bit of low end like i'm tired of doing this stuff at these little rock venues with the rock sound man that don't know how to turn the bass up don't know how anything's supposed to sound like Mm -hmm. so so um you know we we wanted stubs we we wanted the back room we wanted you know certain venues on certain nights of the week and it was a fight in that office you remember how they used to have the board up there with all the Mm -hmm. magnets and you know, we had to go in there, and every day we get there, and somebody had moved everything we had around. You know what I mean? And you got to go in there, and you know, Craig was a big one that we had mm-hmm. to fight, man. We, I, I, I think it might have been animosity because I know they were trying to hand that position off to you, and then Dave. I wasn't there till at L-4. the time. Huh? I wasn't there till four. Yeah, I know, but you were still there with Andre, right?
0: No, no, I was living in Chicago and coming. As a with a press pass, yeah, definitely they were trying to hand it to me until because well, well, when I,
1: they brought us in, they were like, "Well, we had somebody else in mind, you know," and and like we were just like, "Okay, like you want us to do it? You don't want us to do it? Like what's the deal?" And Dave Thompson was stepped up to bat for us and was just like, "Look, man, these guys have been doing this for a couple years. They've got a big following." Um You know, why not call in the ones that are already running things in town to help us put things together in a genre that we don't know about? Because the year before we got there, they got really bad press. Oh, yeah. From New York Times and from the Washington Post was talking about writing articles talking about South by Southwest has no urban representation and it's all punk rock, it's all this, it's all that. So I kind of feel like a lot of those pressures and a lot of everything kind of came to them to call somebody in to be a head of that department because of that.
0: Well, they that same exact thing happened, I have the same exact story. Yeah. Basically, the same stuff happened to what's his name, Pirellis or whoever wrote a big story in the Times. But It was 20 years ago was when I did the, that show that had Bun B and Dizzy Rascal, and it was my mm-hmm. first show without Andre. And um, because Andre I was with '94,
1: '95, and
0: '96. And yep. then uh that, so that was that. But then
1: T so double took it over did, for, it for, a for a year some, or two. You
0: know, and then you guys.
1: And then they brought us and, and yeah. maybe
0: there was a break in two twenty three, two thousand three. I don't know. Were you there? Did you do two thousand
1: three? Oh, 2002 I, I did 2002 Correct. it was my last year there because at that point i had started tour managing and we were doing big tours man they were like yeah. 50 cities you know in like 50 cities in like 55 days yeah. you know what I mean so we're moving and i'm trying to juggle that a group with nine people
0: and that was project Blue book south by south no
1: it was uh living legends oh,
0: okay living legends
1: yeah we did uh tour we did uh the almost famous tour we did around the U.S., and I think we did 45 cities in 50 days that year.
0: Man, yeah, that's the way to you do it. You know,
1: and, and um, there was nine of those guys. They were all young. They were all from L.A. Every, You know, they there was creative differences in the group. And yeah. Everybody's fighting over who's got the bigger glass at the restaurant. And, you know, just any little petty anything, you know. So I was trying to deal with that and book South by Southwest from the road. That's so and much. it just got to be too much. Scooter was with me too. He was he was running merchandise for all the guys, and um, I think I ended up hand you know just having so much going on that I handed 2002 over to him. Like, you gotta help me put this together, man, because I've got we've all got too much going on. And he's like, I want to do it. So mm-hmm. he ended up putting that 2002 joint together, you know, from the road.
0: Yep. So. Well, in 04 03, I wrote to just music at sxsw.com and was like, look, all this stuff's happening in Houston right now, and these guys don't even really know about the, the event. I want them to be a part of it. If I could get to you know, the Swisher House and Bunby and all these guys, would it be possible to do a showcase? <coughs> and it was Craig, but he just wrote back from that generic email address, do you really think you can do that? And I was like, yes, I can definitely do that. I'm on the radio here. I got Murder Dog behind us. They'll spot, quote unquote, sponsor. They'll put a banner up <laughs> or help will mm-hmm. promote. And uh, these guys will trust me that they need to be a part of this. And they put us at Aussies, which mm-hmm. is the volleyball court where we people yeah. were standing in sand.
1: That had to be weird.
0: It was weird. And, but what's even weirder is that that place still exists. Like yeah. all the places that have shut down in Austin yeah. and in that area, Aussies is still freaking there. Right. That's insane. But that was 20 years ago, 04, and uh, I put that show together, and then, like, right before the festival, something at zero degrees on the Friday night dropped out, and they were like, do you think you could, like, look through our our submissions and put together, like, uh, you know, invite some hip-hop for blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to put Zinn, the Smugglers, you know, my friends, <laughs> Freedom Sold, or whoever, you know... Uh, and put together a night, and then I also had issues from Atlanta. They wanted to come; they were coming already. A couple groups that weren't Texas. OG Style was on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, may they rest in peace. May Zen rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a crazy night, Friday, Saturday, and uh,
1: I remember Zen man. He he came and opened for Jay Rude Damager out oh, in man. Houston when we brought J. Rude down here. Good that's brother, my, man.
0: As my brother, man, we started that's the radio together dude. and did a lot. But he, um, he proved it was crazy because it was a last-minute thing, and put it together. And this dude was out with little quarter side, quarter-page, Xerox flyers for his showcase with the time on it and all that. And he was hustling all day. He went mm-hmm. out at eleven o'clock. That show nobody was really famous on there. It wasn't big. 10.45 or so, people started coming to the door. Yeah. Like, people actually responded to his promotions, and they came. But that year, I know for sure there was some rhyme sayers here. There was – I know Gene Gray was here. Mm-hmm. So it definitely they wasn't played, the only – uh,
1: One year when I came back to visit, Gene Gray and got a couple of other people were out on the big stage down there at Town Lake Auditorium Shores one year right. when I came back to visit. I think it was like 08 or 09. Yeah. And – uh We we really wanted to do something out there when we were doing things and they were like, No, you can't have that venue because there's kids out there and you know, hip hop guys like to curse and
0: I think we had it was Talib Kwali and her. Yeah, Talib, that's who it was. And yeah, we put that was that was dope. But they also one year had Public Enemy on that stage. And Ice Cube did it one year, I think. Yeah. Did he do auditorium? He wouldn't let me
1: have it, man. I could have. Well, I'll tell
0: you this, in oh what what really kind of made me, like, I got to go, like, when it, the industry, I had to deal so much more with the industry than the artists in the end when I was working there, and it just drove me crazy. And the last year I was there, I had Lil Wayne at the Music Hall, mm-hmm. and I had, uh and that was a big Mountain Dew thing. And the next night was Eminem and 50 Cent with, like, everybody who blew up after that, like, Action Bronze and ASAP Rocky, all those people over mm-hmm. that show. It was crazy. But it... I couldn't pay attention to anything else I had going on that year. I had to deal with those two shows. But the reason I'm telling you that is originally what had happened, Mountain Dew and Lil Wayne's management came to me and said, we want to do Lil Wayne, Drake, and Nicki Minaj on auditorium Shores. We're going to build a skate park out there because he was promoting his truck fit clothing brand and also this whole Mountain Dew thing he was doing. And he's like, we're going to blow it out. It's going to be huge. And I was like, Shit! Yes, and South by I was like no. Yeah, but I mean, but I had the, the Wu
1: Tang Clan. Like yeah. all they wanted them to do was 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 get the flights. Mm-hmm. Get us the flights. We'll come out there, play the show for free. We'll blow it up. I had the. Oh, I had, and they were just like, yeah, we we don't do that. We don't pay for flights for anybody. Yeah, well, Which is... I'm pretty sure they probably paid for flights for the Rolling Stones.
0: When did the Rolling Stones play? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was around that time. It was around that time. I think they played at the music hall or whatever. Whoa. It was at, but I'm sure they didn't not pay or not or have some kind of sponsorship some for Some company
0: paid for that. Yeah, yeah that's basically for the sure. thing. And that was what drove me crazy. I was dealing more with the companies than I was with the art, and it, I just couldn't take it anymore. But the, um, I think about the logistics of, of like what that show would have looked like, and really it could have happened, but it would have just costed more money to secure the venue, secure the – the perimeter because right. they had that thing with the strokes and too many people came and knocked the fencing down. And so that was a thing, but I was really wanting that to happen. Yeah.
1: You know, um, we really tried our little foot to get into the Houston thing as well. Cause, um, we got invited out there by South by Southwest. They told us, go, you got to go. And it was something for the Grammys over in Houston and um, you know, at the time, T Double, which I'm I'm pretty sure he still is part of the Grammys here in Austin. Um, they sent us with T Double out there, and I cannot remember the lady's name that ran the Grammys.
0: Is it the one, Teresa who died? Maybe so. Yeah, Maybe so. but she was, uh, while, she was the she was the regional mm-hmm.
1: lady out here, and um, she was out there to meet with. I remember Paul Wall was there. Um, there, there was a Bunch of Houston cats, South Park Mexican was there. You know, this was before he got arrested. Um, mm. and, and and they were trying to put something, or they were the Grammys was putting something together, which they ended up doing it at the back room. Okay. For for the Houston showcase, which we went out there and tried to get involved and tried to incorporate what they were doing in some of our stuff, mm. and the lady from the Grammys. For whatever reason, did not like Dave hmm. and was like, Yeah, this is our showcase and that's y'all's. And we were just kind of like backed yeah. off, like, Okay.
0: I think that's pre Teresa because she wouldn't, because I know what show you're talking about because it had Botany Boys, mm-hmm. it had Bushwick Bill, who was a perennial South by person, <laughs> always around. Yep. Uh, but I remember, and Lil Flip was on that show, and this was yep. all, and probably South Park Mexican. You Know, uh, yeah, I always thought that was like uh, Southwest Wholesale or somebody did that show, and yeah. I wasn't there. I don't, maybe I wasn't in Austin that year, yeah.
1: They were all there at that little Grammys thing that yeah. we went to, and I can't remember where it was, but I remember they got us there, and it was the first time I had seen one of those stretch Lincoln limos. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, wow, this thing is crazy, but yeah, we. We ended up out there and we sat through the whole boring everything, nigga. You know how the Grammys is. And and, uh, tried to talk to this lady. And at the end of the night, she was not going to deal with us. Wow. And I was just blown away by it. You know what I mean? Because we were the ones in the community, we were the ones that were, you know, working in the schools. We were we were working on Mecca East at that point, mm-hmm. where, where we had that little community center on the That's east right. side to, for the kids after school, and you know we were we were working with Jump on it during that time. That's right. I mean, yeah. So it was uh, really raw to us to see the industry go. Mm, this is ours. Yeah, That's I yours. mean,
0: you know? yeah, the yeah. industry sucks. They always have. I don't. I'm not a fan of the Grammys, to be honest. They came to me. Yeah. I don't want to talk shit, but someone, Teresa came to me and was like, hey, you know, we'd love to get you involved because we do want to bring in more hip-hop and this and that. And I'm like, Matt Sinzala cannot be a part of the Grammys. <laughs> I've dissed you every year for my entire life, mm-hmm. and including this year, when you gave Killer Mike three Grammys, untelevised. thank you, dicks, and then Jay-Z makes a comment. But hasn't you know like, yeah, what, killer Mike isn't quote unquote famous enough to put on the regular show, but he won he swept it. I have some bullshit as usual, and, and then like, they arrest him, yeah, who knows, but then yeah. there's all this like you know to me it's like if a white rapper was nominated, the white rapper always won. Mm-hmm. I said that to her straight. I was like every time I was like, that's some bullshit, and, then and that's I why like, I
1: give it up to Lamore. a lot no, of people he cannot he's you know he's the first one I was like, man, like. Kendrick Lamar put out the best album I've heard in fifteen years, man. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. no, any was, interview I've ever seen that dude in, he's always like he he really knows his shit, man. He really knows his history. Mm-hmm. You know, he, no, he, he came up with those his guys, ass on. all those all those OGs from back in the seventies and eighties. He's the one that got them their first platinum plaque. These guys didn't even went gold.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I put I, I had Macklemore on like 8 p.m. on shows during Southbound. Yeah, he, I mean, he grinded it out straight up. But the,
1: uh, the monkey, what was the name of the place? The uh, uh, Barrel of Monkeys or something like oof, that. I'm not sure. He talked about it last time he was here in concert. That's he funny. Like, he put me at this venue and it was little. And
0: no, he was in like he. I, I think he actually did the the what, what, what was it called when uh, it was cool? It was the part not the Blue Flamingo. Now it's the Chess Club, that little, every all the DJs were at on that corner, on Red River. What was it called when it was cool? Everybody was playing there all uh, the time. Oh yeah. How can I not remember I that? Tell you. But yeah, he played that little room, or he played the small room at Emos too, early on. Okay. Like he grinded it out. But uh, my other comment on the Grammys is one time, the Lonely Island won Best Rap Collaboration. That's a Saturday Night Live skit. But it was like I'm on a boat, I think, with T with Pain, I think is the one it was the one that won. Gotcha. I'm like, y'all even nominated of all the music out there, you nominated a Saturday night live skit. Fuck y'all, man. Fuck yeah. all that. But it yeah. is funny, man. Just I, just
1: know. going to that event, you know. Yeah. I have been out to LA. I've been I've been there for the Grammys before and um Just to see how fake everything is really blew me away. How everything is like recorded earlier that day and you're told when to applaud and when the, once I saw that, I was like, oh my God, this is a big facade. Like the whole entertainment business, you know what I mean? really turned me, really turned me off to a lot of shit and it really gave me a lot of respect for the underground Mm -hmm. folks that are, you know, really... Taking the art form and That's running like. with it, you know.
0: I don't like anything polished. I don't like anything, any of these big venues. I don't like festivals. I want to see the the group in the little room when they're starting out. I want to hear, you know what, you know what they're coming with in the beginning. Yeah.
1: Probably the best big venue that I like would be Stubbs.
0: Yeah, it's all you right. Know?
1: And it's not fun in August. No. It's not fun in July. No. <laughs> but great venue great place to go go see a show Mm -hmm. where there's going to be more than a few hundred people there
0: yeah no i mean i don't mind that level too but i'm just a big glitz and glamour i I can't deal with right i think about you know all the times that somebody has to make some announcement about south by and who did this who did that and you know between you and i like not just between us like we know who started it but and we'll get into that in a second. But I've had people who like, I mean, I don't know if you remember when the Fader put out a book. The mm-hmm. Fader put out a book and on the first page it said, when we yeah. came to South by, it was yeah. just a rock fest. We brought the first hip hop ever there. And we we're like, yeah, I was like, Ugh. Uh, no. And uh, I booked that show, but, by the way. But, but
1: we had, you know, me, hip hop Mecca and my crew had been written out of every and any yeah. article for for years and years before that even happened, so when that happened and they said that, I was just like, I don't even have the energy to respond to this anymore. And then I seen you I seen yeah, you I, jumping I on that, man, I was like, oh man, I was gonna Matt's gonna that get show. him, man. Yeah, man. Booked, booked that, that show, one, he's man, gonna man. get him,
0: boy. No, it was so, funny, man, like that, uh, but it's not the only one. I had a dude who did one show with some hipsters in like 07, 08 who told me on the phone, I don't even remember what we, why we, that was some other situation. he's like, man I was the first person to really do hip hop at South by I did I was like, who are you're in New York who are you yeah you know who you're talking to because in ninety one or so I came here um the first time I came to South by I was with my friend Tamara kowalski and I punk rock shit I didn't know mm-hmm. I didn't know what the thing I was going to a festival in Austin I didn't know what it was at all. I may not have even been to Austin before that. And I just got in the car, and we came out here, and she knew people Jonathan Tobin, Greg Beats, we stayed with them. I met them right right on the beginning of coming to austin and uh I remember like you know like no effects or whoever bands like that played, but mm-hmm. um, there was a show at the sanitarium, or whatever Elysium is now, yeah. which I think it was a sanitarium back then, and there was also hip hop city back in the day. Right.
1: I remember and both of
0: those. I'll never, I, I don't know why this is etched in my brain, but it was the hip hop show. Now this wasn't a cure worthy or Andre Walker thing. I don't think it definitely was before Andre Walker. And I think but it was just a show show. Nothing was really behind it. And the first rapper, I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but it was a white guy. They said was from Houston and his name was Jeff Romeo. Now I never heard of him before or after that ever. And he was a goofy white dude in like a, crazy little outfit and he had three black guys dancing for him. And he had one song that goes, she's a how. How the fuck do you know? Every time you see her, she's ready to go. Like that was how he rapped too. <laughs> it was really horrible. And then he's like, y'all know a white boy. He can, he can rap, but he could also rock. And the black guys dancers went backstage and put on Bon Jovi wigs and gra- had like ukuleles. Came out and that this whole it was the corniest shit ever, but it was like his whole routine. But I remember it; I remember vividly being a kid and me and my two homeboys that went there. we were like, "What? What is this, man? What are we doing?" And (laughs) then, right now, (laughs) yeah, it was crazy. But then Overlord came on; Mm -hmm. his show was good. He had two dancers too, but it was a. Did he have a
1: live band with him, or was he just? It was way before
0: that, way before the band, and it was like, and I didn't know who Overlord was. I didn't know anybody on that show. Yeah. And I feel like it got progressively worse from what I remember. We left. Like, we, we went and saw whatever other bands, you know, but we went and tried to see that show. So that was early. And Keir Worthy put on that show with, you know, before I was ever there with Ultramagnetic MCs, YZ, Decadent Dub Team, and other locals and stuff. on Casanova and them, I'm sure, were on there. Yeah. Um, I remember one year, one of the shows was Bad Mother Goose, No Do's and uh, Cooley Girls. And okay. They were still Cooley Girls before Cooley Nation. Shortly after, became Cooley Nation. Right, but that show was killer because, uh, you know, Death Jam Blaster. He's like, but he was a DJ for Notos, which he's a legend, legend. And uh, it was just such a, and I loved Bad Mother Goose. You know, like that was such a fun show. I mean, I was like seventeen. You know, it was like a great show to go to back. And then. That,
1: that's really what I've always been saying is like, before we really came on, there was one night. Of hip-hop at one of the smallest, shittiest venues you can imagine in the city with the shittiest sound, man. Mm -hmm. And before we went in there and was like, hey, this is what we're demanding. If you can't pay us, you can at least let us represent our culture one night out of the week at a good venue. At a good venue. You know, each night of the week, not just one night. Exactly, yeah. You know, so I feel like before that, there wasn't any real... Line up for any kind of hip hop that you even heard about.
0: Well, ninety four you know was what dope. I mean? Ninety four was super dope. It was the gravediggers with mad flavor, black monks, poetic souls, what is black chaotic? monks doing these days. I mean three two died. Yeah. So I mean Aggravated was at the hip hop thing in the honors thing in Houston. I saw him. Um I mean they they're my Wife just wore one of my old Black Monks t shirts the other night. Like yeah. legendary. That was Willie D was at that show on the side of the stage. He didn't perform Bush one album, right?
1: You've only done one album, who Black, Black Monks? Two, two, okay,
0: Secret to the Hidden Temple. And the other one, <laughs> my brain is not fast when it comes to these things. I'm not Google, <laughs> but um, that was pretty dope. And that was at the Texas Opera House, which I remember being pretty legit there was a good crowd too like people came and it was like hey y'all yeah fill a room like this the gravediggers you know rizzo of course and prince paul are famous but they weren't like a big group yet that was their first show ever and uh and let's keep it real too prince paul was coming to south by before anybody uh what's his joe the butcher was coming down here i tried i
1: tried to get paul to come after i started booking and Mm -hmm. i think that was the year that he stopped coming. Maybe, yeah. Um, but I had a I had a big DJ thing set up where um, you know, across the street from Empire, mm-hmm. which I don't remember a name that that club ever was, but I remember we used to do um it was always a South by venue mm-hmm. and, and whatever. But I used that and I used the outdoor to do a DJ showcase. And I remember South by coming to me going, Look. We're gonna let you do this but we just want you to know that if the weather comes in like we don't have another venue to shut down and move this show to because it's all taken up now and i'm like i don't care like i want to make this happen but i had a bunch of different dj crews come out for this not only in texas but around the us like we had some of the scratch pickles there we had some of the x-men there i think rob swift the executioners was there and um and yeah here in comes that one thunderstorm that comes in during south by and watched all my dj and it the the djs took that shit seriously to heart like you know they're always Mm -hmm. the hardest people to deal with in hip-hop is the dj man like he's always got a list and uh and wants everything a certain way or he's not happy and yeah, man, I I had a lot of trouble booking any kind of DJs after that showcase, Ooh. man, just because it got rained out and I didn't have anywhere else. And of course, I took you know the big names like Rob and and, and uh, I believe we had Mixmaster Mike there and a couple other people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, y'all can why don't y'all get up and spin in between the sets? I believe Dell the Funky Hope was saying P and did a. Uh, a set that night on the indoor stage and mm-hmm. you know what I mean so there was a lot of people there man there was a lot of b-boys there but there was so many Texas DJ crews that was just like fuck hip hop <laughs> after that as if you know what I mean you know yeah I know But and and it it was uh, it was hard to like going out to and still doing shows in Dallas and in Houston to like find we had to bring the DJ with us, man. We couldn't get any of the locals out there to do nothing after we had to cancel that showcase on them, you know, (sighs) which I get it. But at the same time, man, y'all got badges. Yeah, Y'all all got to all. go to all the parties. You got to get into any whatever you wanted to see. You know what I mean? You but can't
0: control the weather. You
1: can't and control the weather. And I knew it was going to happen. Killer Mike
0: got rained out last year. That was a yeah. banana storm. That was insanity. And he got he got to perform on the inside stage at Stubbs. But, man, how, what a disappointment. Instead of 1,800 people, it was 100. Right. Sad so, and a hundred people he knew personally, pretty much. You know, right. like, but
1: man, I, I you know I think he just comes here and just hangs out every once in a while unannounced because I was on Sixth Street three four months ago maybe and saw him walk by and he had this beautiful little lady right. under his arm and and he was walking up the street and when he passed by me because I'm standing at the door of Flamingo and I was like Mike. And I mean, he didn't even flinch. He didn't even turn around. He didn't nothing. And he went up the street. And then later on, I got my guy Slater works at Casino El Casino Casino El Camino right mm-hmm. next to us with the burgers and all that. And um, he come walking by, and I'm looking at him again, and I was like, "That is definitely killer, Mike." And my boy Slater stops him mm-hmm. and was like, "And he's like, Shh. so he was just out here on some kicking it with his wife." You know what I mean? And they're walking up and down the street, and I i called. But once I realized it was him, I was like, okay, you couldn't even say what up to me earlier. Now I'm fishing to blow up your spot. Like, Dungeon Family in the house. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm screaming. I'm screaming man. out in the street <laughs> at this point. My girl's like, I've never seen you get starstruck before. I'm like. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> He's the best, man. I think that's when he came and did Joe Rogan, actually. Yeah. And, yeah, I remember that. But maybe. It was, it was probably around that time. But yeah, those things happen. And, and speaking of people getting mad at you, like that's part of the hardest part to that job is like, you had so much love. You do so many things. You know, you, you helped a lot of people. And yeah. then there's the one hater yeah. or the one, you know, I had people tell me, I don't know anything about the street. So I shouldn't be in charge of South by the one, somebody here wrote a letter to Brent, a yeah. letter. Like he's not a part of the community. He doesn't actually participate in this. He doesn't know what's really going on here. I'm like, apply, 10, I have the same number for 20 years. Call, hit me up. What yeah. do you want to do? You know? I pretty, was pretty open to you whatever. You still got
1: to go through the channels. You know what I mean? You See, still got to yeah. go through the channels, whatever the channels happen to be now, which I know they're a lot different, mm-hmm. you know, than, than when we were there and, you know, who goes over all the everything and listens to whatever and says okay. Like I know it's a whole different channel, but you got to go through those channels still mm-hmm. to this day. I could never put somebody on that wasn't applied or had a badge that just showed up and wanted to rock. Like anybody that I put on like that was already here, already had their badge, already had their, you know, even if they came just to be a spectator and bought a badge, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, but yeah, we had a, and I had a lot of those instances, I'm sure you did too.
0: Oh yeah, Yeah. nonstop, like, man people just showing up yeah. certain people multiple years in a row going up. We were talking about a mean who does the registrations. He's yeah. been there for years, a great friend, certain people coming to him every year saying, yeah, match it out a badge. <laughs> and he'd call me, he's here again saying, you have a badge. So I'd say, don't give him a badge. He knows how to fill it out. Yeah. And then he'd give it to him to get him out. Of there. <laughs> this is multiple years. <clears throat> you can take a guess who, but man, it was a, uh, I'm I'm thinking about your years there because that was when I didn't have to do I wasn't working there. I was having fun, man, and it was really cool to go back, you know, to to these venues. I mean that back room with it was Rhyme Sayers atmosphere and them and Chuck D hosted yeah, Fiona the Beat Nuts there. Did you work with Fiona Bloom?
1: Yes, we we did some things with three two one records. We yeah, she yeah. had three two one records. For sure. Um, we did uh yeah, channel nuts. live she had channel live do something latif and that's where we went, met black delicious okay
0: well, that's where we
1: met black delicious yeah um i think we did two or three showcases with her and it was all based off of a compilation that she put out mhm and uh yeah made some good relationships through that lady and we still keep in contact I'm in touch with her all the time yeah, yeah. still stay try and stay up with her and she hits me when she's here sometimes she's here for south by and she's like but we've got this over here and i'm gonna try and make it by and we just never seem to be able to cross paths
0: she's busy she's nonstop. so yeah but you know
1: yeah good people's yep good industry folks there are some out there there's a few huh
0: there's a few (laughs) what was mecca east about
1: Mecca East was kind of Dave's thing, man. You know, he's he's a he's a street worker, which to this day he lives out in Boston. Boston, yeah. And um he's doing God's work out there for the community, you know. Um he's he's stopped a lot of wars, he's stopped a lot of murders from happening, you know, they call him in before the police or anybody get involved because he's he grew up over there, he lived in a lot of those neighborhoods, he knows a lot of those kids and what projects they from and he can find things out before the law gets involved and in, and and maybe stop a few more murders you know but it, it's really crazy I, I went out there and witnessed it all one time and it's like man i don't know i don't know how you're still alive out here mm-hmm. yeah you know um but that was, The community thing has always been his thing, and that was his thing. Um, he was doing all the booking when I first got here, him and Nick and it was more so him doing the booking, and it, he already had all the connections because he had been throwing concerts at uh, the Bunratty out in Boston for years. He did Guru Jazz Mitaz out there. He did mm. Step in the Arena out there. like, And... and um, but he was a street worker, and he—that's what he wanted to do here. He wanted to work in the community here. He wanted to work on the east side. And now that I look at everything, I probably be, should have been focused on doing my thing on the south side, mm-hmm. you know. But and and had him focused on doing some more stuff on the south side as well. But he always wanted to be in the black community because that's where he's of and from. And um, he's he handed off as soon as he could. He handed off. The booking, which I was scared to death. I didn't know what to say to these people when I'm calling them, trying to book something with them. And, you know, he kind of showed me the ropes and let the reins loose and was like, just go, dude, do you. You know what you're doing, you know? And that way I could do that and he could back off and work on more of the community stuff and getting grants to do stuff from the city and, you know, getting legal walls for the graffiti writers and, Um, putting together park jams and things like that so that was kind of his thing and it was basically Mecca East was going to be an after school activity for the at risk youth to come over and he we would have you know people doing creative writing classes and you know learning how to rap and uh, teaching kids how to MC Um, we had art classes teaching kids how to do graffiti we had some b-boy classes teaching people how to you know keep teaching the kids how to break and different dances and things like that and um it was really good at first which we tried to get KRS-One to come and do a grand opening type thing benefit concert type thing and for whatever reason you know halfway through booking this with KRS like it got really difficult and um it ended up being more about the money for him than it did for you know doing what he preaches about Mm -hmm. so um we had to kind of back off of that and you know Guru from Gangstars it was the same type thing he was a street worker in New York City and so him and Dave had connected before in the past up in Boston mm-hmm. and he every time he was coming down here every time we had seen him we always hit him up and Dave was always like man you really need to come over here in the community and do some work with me and this that and the other and finally you know it 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 came to fruition and he we called him up about this Mecca East thing and he was like yeah, let's 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 make it happen. Let's let's get it done. So he came out and did a Man. did a benefit show for us and and pre- performed his ballhead head slick. He didn't bring premiere with him, you know. DJ Nick Knack ended up coming in and DJing for him that night, really? but he did a whole ballhead head slick set and put a bunch of the locals on to open with him. I think Bavu opened that show, and Bavu had Romeo and those guys, Romeo and Denise up there as his dancers and. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, but he ended up coming in and doing a uh benefit show for us, and 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 got that thing open. The Post mayor up. came out that night too. Man. The mayor we got right now, he just, just him, got man. yeah crazy. after twenty years, he just got reelected, and uh he brought us brought him a proclamation. February sixteenth was Guru Day. Wow, back in two thousand one, you know. Wow. So.
0: February sixteenth. That's mm-hmm. crazy. What's today? <laughs> Somewhere yeah, like around there. Twenty six.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Twenty
0: six. We uh. I saw Kirk Watson as mayor when the Goody Mob came to uh, UT to film a BET teen summit. Mm -hmm. And it was the Goody Mob, Lark Voorhees, the actress, and I don't remember who else, but he came and did a little talk with the Goody Mob standing right behind him. And that was an amazing day. One of the greatest groups you know, to me,
1: that's why I voted for him this year, man. Because this past election, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, man, I, I remember him doing for the live music scene here, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Where I felt like the last mayor we had over here, I ain't gonna mention his name. Did a lot of talking, did a lot of talking, but never really backed it up, you know, even though we have this, you know, live music fund and you know, a piece of the taxes on every hotel room goes back into this music fund, and you know what I mean? Like, we've never seen that money do anything on the east side of town. We've <clears> never seen, you know, we got venues here that had to come back to life after this pandemic thing all by themselves, and still hasn't seen any money from mm-hmm. any of that that's supposed to go back to the live music scene. So, hoping that maybe Mayor Watson would
0: yeah, it definitely needs help, man. Yeah. I was terrified. That was the most terrifying thing when downtown was shut down. Yeah. And you work it. That's your life in a big way, man. It's like, I can't, I don't, I just was like seeing what that was looking like, like having no idea what was coming next and watching a bunch of people play guitar in their living room or DJ in their living room. I've I was been like, part of the nightlife
1: here for 20, time. you know, 27 years or so, 26 years, man. And for them to shut down and say, you cannot go to work. You know what I mean? And I boarded that place up over there and sat at home every night. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like and it wasn't just a couple months like we thought it was going to be, oh man, we'll be back up and running in a few months. I ain't even going to sweat it. Just kind of mm-hmm. laid and waited and here we are, you know. Just trying to open up. You know, I think it we were closed for like 400 days.
0: It's scary, man. That's mm-hmm. so crazy. I can't so, imagine.
1: So it really it really threw me for loop for a loop like just being part of the nightlife for that long and yep. not having anything or anywhere to go at nighttime. It got to the point where I was out in my yard because everybody was just kind of chilling at the house mm-hmm. doing their thing. And I ended up being out there with all the neighbors that were all drinking together, watching them drink like I was at work.
0: Yeah. You yeah, know what exactly I mean? Exactly. I hear you. <laughs> uh, I drank way too much. Yeah. <laughs> but- Yeah, it was a really scary time, but there we are. And to see that uh, some of these places, I mean, Flamingo's still standing. is crazy. Yeah. Amazing.
1: And had to do most of that on our own. I know. You know, we didn't get a lot of those grants. We didn't get a lot. You know, I I think she got one or two of the federal something or other, but it really wasn't Mm -hmm. what it should have been. And, you know, like I said, the city asked us even to come and, and uh, apply for some grants. And she sat at home and did all that paperwork and sent everything and still got, to, you know, and then they handed it off to some other company to make this decision on who's going to get this money that knows nothing about, you know. And and why wouldn't, why wouldn't the cultural, ven- there's only a couple of the cultural venues in this town, man, that serve yeah for real you know that that genre and and why would we not get it you know why would it go to a place like you know continental who doesn't really need the money Mm. you know
0: man i don't know but
1: politics
0: politics and yeah it's crazy man i've um I really don't like these uh, $7 Lone Stars after... I know Flamingo's not like that, but uh, <laughs> some of these venues... Well, we got it. the
1: Happy Meal. You could at least get a whiskey shot yeah, with exactly. the $7. Yeah, right.
0: Is it even 7
1: Yeah, it's $7 for a whiskey shot and a Lone Star. We call it the Happy Meal.
0: Yeah, that'll work. So, That's not so bad. Yeah,
1: but yeah, 7 $9 for a beer. Yeah. You know, almost so the price of a six-pack.
0: Yeah, I'll pr- the price of a six-pack. Yeah, It's crazy out there, man, but thankful that um those days are behind us and hopefully way way behind us because that was I was just over I couldn't even watch the the streams anymore because I was too nervous that this is what life is going to be yeah like i didn't want I didn't want to watch you on the internet I don't want to watch yeah. and it
1: and it was a it was a big transition during that time too because everybody's so used to the live show like they had to learn how to perform in front of a camera now. You learn what you Mm -hmm. can do and, you know, should I turn this way, stand this way? Yeah, so it brought another element and we do, you know, I think it's cool that we've kept that going even after coming back from the pandemic. Now you can stream all of those Wednesday nights. I believe they just picked it up on the Austin Music Network. Okay. Where the Mount Mount Chaplains play on Wednesday night. You can watch that at 11 p.m. on Austin Music Network. So
0: Man, that's crazy. That's still doing well?
1: You know, um, it's always slow at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um free week was really good this year. Mm-hmm. They uh they put together some nice showcases this year for, for a free week. But um yeah, it's been getting less and less people, you know, as we go. I, I mean when I started there, giving You know, it it was free. Those Wednesday nights were free. Mm -hmm. And after the pandemic, everybody kind of decided that, you know, we just can't do this for free anymore. So um, it's a $5 cover to get in now. But it went from being, uh, at the very least, I would click in 150 people. Mm -hmm. You know, usually it was closer to 200 people on a Wednesday night when it was free. And now that we're charging, you know, it's went down. And now that, um, you know, everybody's scared to spend money right now because the economy is what it is. And, you know, it's it's been like 50 people.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's February, though. I mean, that yeah. is not the time to be, you know, a lot of people are not going out. Right. And, and here in Austin, we have a culture of South By sets it off. South By's New Year, really for our community in a way like
1: comes through and it gets south by comes through and it gets a lot of the bars out of the red Yep. you know now whether we can stay there for the rest of the year kind of depends on what's going on in the world and but um it definitely gets us out the red most of the time Um, and that's just because we don't have to pay any of the bands to perform and we don't have to spend our time booking everything. We can just take that, you know, five or 10 days and kick back and just collect at the bar.
0: I mean, the downtown population quadruples at least, you know, yeah. I mean, maybe more. Hundreds you know, of thousands people of people coming man. to spend money. And
1: I always tell people if you dropped a bomb on this city during that time mm. of the year, there would be no more music industry.
0: Might not be terrible. it might be an idea yeah no it's uh it's wild man that we get all that and what it's grown into it's interesting to see i don't know what's going on this year i haven't paid any attention except some friends that are coming
1: yeah everybody's asked me hey what's going on and i was like work yeah like this is the time for us to collect man everybody's coming in here with these big stacks and just dropping it on whatever and i'm i'm gonna be here to get it and make whatever your vision is come to fruition you know yeah.
0: so do you know of anything good you can announce that you guys have going on
1: that we have going on well for the first time in like five years they're bringing back the Nerdcore. really to flamingo that saturday night so that always did all well the we used to do that on tuesdays yeah, every man. year yeah, I was really I was kind of like the first time they told me about it. I was kind of like, hm, whatever. And then I went and looked it up and learned that, hey man, it's all the guys from the Adult Swim. Yeah, it's all the guys from Cartoon Network. Like, this is gonna be really cool. And then you know, of course, Night of the Show. All of the Revenge of the Nerds guys show up. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah, that was a pack hell of a the scene. house
1: out, and all the artists are really creative, man. They're yeah. really good. They can they can spit. Man, that was Linda Pyle
0: from South by she'd worked in the housing at at South by and she really liked that kind of music. And she came to me like, would you, what do you think would we could, and I knew who MC Lars was. I knew who a couple of the guys were, but not all of them. Like, and I was like, yeah, if you want to put it together, let's see what we can do. And she kind of like reached out and we did all the applications, got them in and Angela agreed to it. And, uh, I think it was like every it was right in the beginning when South by started doing Tuesday shows. Mm-hmm. So it was already a risk. Right. But it was something that was so niche that people were hungry for. went, went yeah. great. MC Chris.
1: MC, MC Chris. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Crazy. Man. Crazy, man. Um, you know, of course, they're going to do an island party. I believe that's a Thursday night party. And um, I'm not sure which I'm not sure who it is. But the last one we had was all a big trinny population okay. showed up and all the islanders always come out for the, that type of event. You know, nice. all the people, all the islanders from in the town from around the town and from out of town show up for the island parties over there. And they're always fun, man. Everybody's real respectful. Everything's real happy and island like mm. yep. here to have a good time. So that's always fun. Um Jay Soldier. Jay oh, Soldier yeah. is putting on a, I don't know if it's a day party or a night party, but he's putting on a South by Southwest party for the pre-roll. Mm-hmm. So, and he's I'm sure doing. he's doing the smoke out somewhere else or, or somewhere at South by, I'm sure he's got a bigger venue for that. But hmm. Love that guy, man. We, you know, did a lot of work trying to get this pre-roll thing going and now he's got it going and he's been taking it all over the state, you know, doing stuff in El Paso, doing stuff down in. San Antonio, up in Dallas, Houston. Dope. So it's not just Austin people anymore. And it was really cool watching that thing, man, because a lot of those kids that come in, you know, it's amateur night. They're, mm-hmm. they're scouting new talent for for the smoke out, you know. And, and um, so seeing these c- kids come in and get on the stage who have probably only done this at a party for their friends, in front of their friends and yeah, there's still lyrics in the mix and some of the mixes aren't up to par. And so to see them come in and do that and then watch them through the, you know, month after month through the events and see them grow and get it together and get the studio and get the engineer they need. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's fun to watch that, man. It's really cool. That's kind of one of the things that's always, Made me stay in this, you know, yep. is, is watching that progression in the studio, man, I go, I have a lot of artists that come out, hey, man, come to the studio with us, and you know what I mean, ask input and whatever and and, and that's that's the part that really just keeps me in this, man is just watching the whole body of work and yep, the growth from everybody, so now it is deep. I don't think I could do the top tier, I don't think I could roll with one of those artists on the top tier man wow. just because I like the grit of watching these kids learn and watching folks
0: yeah that's what I like I yeah mean, that's, uh,
1: watch the magic happen sort of thing you know and it's always 3am 4am in the morning right before yep. <laughs> before oh. they get it right and you're like oh man like whatever just happened in there was wow you know what I mean man. So,
0: yep I don't know. I kind of gave up a little bit on <laughs> and, and the SoundCloud era and things. I had to really, really step back because I would get too angry too much. Yeah. I couldn't handle, handle it. But then it all goes in waves and there's, there's more new artists coming out that are good again and more. There's always good stuff in the mix. It just gets so overshadowed by an industry yeah, and by, you know, but I think that's always been a beautiful thing. Like I said, I was seeing those guys in the nineties at Flamingo. Right. Yeah. Like, just new, young, up-and-comers, and it still happens. You yeah. know, it's a safe space for young artists.
1: You know, I, I worry Sport. about that place at times because we're not in the big network. We're still doing a lot of things a lot, you know, in the old ways and and haven't changed much of our formula and whatever. and Never tried to really, but that's Austin. You know, we've always danced to the beat of our own drum. We've never tried to keep up with any of the fads and this, that, and the other. And I mean, yeah, we have a. Online presence, we have a, we have a, you know, social media and all that stuff. Um, we we started just, we started out before Austin Newton Music Network and all these other things started picking up those Wednesday those Wednesday nights with the Mount Mount Chaplains, mm-hmm. you know, for for the church night, and, and and we just, you know, never always danced to the beat of our own drum. We never yeah. we never really went off the path. You Know so,
0: that's dope, and it still exists. Right? It, it still exists. River. It's crazy,
1: but um, we definitely need to. Uh, we're not in those big networks, so a lot of these, a, a lot of these new and up and coming artists that are are starting to break, a lot of these publicists and powers that be are like, um, you're not allowed to play that venue anymore
0: mm-hmm. because they're
1: not a part of this. And we need you to book shows at places like this. Yep. You know, if we're going to represent you. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, I never liked playing any of those games. I never cared. I mean, I saw it would score more even when they were doing their thing. And then we've
1: seen a lot of people that we've built move on to do bigger and better things and never look back just because
0: of, you know,
1: those powers that be, you know, but then there's the,
0: It's a good old boy network.
1: Then, yeah, and then there's uh there's the chosen few that are like, yeah, they were here for us, and we always gonna be there for them. So,
0: yep, no, it's good. I mean, I know Scoremore joined on with Live Nation, but that was as soon as they started seeing like what you know the he'd bring an artist to Aces and sell it out six hundred people, and the next show he's like, man, I I just sold it out did this, and now they're jumping ships. They're not they're going to Live Nation. I'm like. It's game, man. It That's sucks. That's the game. It's whack. That's the game, but, you know. <laughs> You're basically the A&R Now it's just a that. waiting
1: game because on the cool, Live Nation is not going to take care of those artists. Live Nation is not going to look out for the local cats. Live Nation is always going to look out for Live Nation, and either you on board or you master. ain't on board, and, and and they don't have your best interests at heart.
0: No, a lot of things have got to change. So a lot of things, but we'll see. We still got the underground. We still got, there's still things happening, yeah. but I don't even pay attention to that stuff anymore. I don't even know. People will be like, oh, somebody huge. There'll be a picture online in, in Austin. I'm like, I didn't even know they were coming. I have no idea, you know, <laughs> well, yeah. you know, but it's, uh, it's great that you're still here and still involved and in doing things because, like I said, I, some of my favorite South Side memories were those days yeah. when I could St- just come down and kick Still it.
1: in this, man. Yeah. Still in this, still holding it down. And it's still Austin, yeah. regardless. You know what I mean? You're
0: born and raised, Southside?
1: No, I wasn't born here. I was born in New York, but I came here as a little kid, man. Okay. I was in, like, third grade when I came I here. Look, so I'm from here. Counts, I'm of yeah. here. Of course, yeah. You know, but um, – New York. I was born in New York. Okay. But um but yeah. Junior high, elementary, junior high, high school, I was here and then, you
0: know. South Austin. I was
1: really South Austin the whole time. I ran the streets as a teenager. You know, I left home at fourteen and you know, got it wrong a couple of times and once I got yeah. once I got it wrong one bad time, I said, you know what? There's got to be something else to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, I put everything I had into Is that how you the met hip-hop Dave? scene here. Yeah, man, I was I was working for a company, uh driving trucks. I had a CDL. I was driving trucks for a living. And um his mom was the accountant for the company, and we had a Christmas party one year, and they made me go because I don't, I don't do Christmas they made me go and they made me bring a present and when I got there Dave was walking around and we we just hit it off from jump you know and it was like asked him you know what he was doing down here he's like you know I'm a street worker up there in Boston this that and the other he's like you know I do a lot of events and bring a lot of people out to do workshops with the kids and things like that man he, Went and he had a bunch of lanyards from like backstage passes or whatever, and he was showing me a bunch of the passes from the shows that he did with everybody you can think of, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what hit us off. And I was like, Man, you know, I worked downtown for like six years, man. I know all them club owners from like being a kid till, you know, being of age, and um I'm sure we could we should do something here, man. I'm sure one of these club owners would let us in downtown and we started poking around and talking to people and he reached out to all his old agents that he used to work with and see what they had coming out there and it just kind of, you know, got messed up a little bit because I had to go away for a little while and while I was away, he linked up with some more folks, you know, uh, Julian, Max Julian and who brought him to DJ Knick Knack and... Mm -hmm. Once, once that happened, they started, you know, it was up and running again. You know what I mean? Oh, we're going to do this. And, you know, just before I, I came home, I started getting letters. Hey, man, like, it's set right now. Like, we've got this thing in order for you. I'm going to have you running security. So that first show when I got out of organized confusion, I was doing security. I was fresh out the penitentiary. I was still trying to adjust to life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Outside, like. It's a whole different world, and and um, so I made a good security guard. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, having to learn everything else, and you know, eventually, Electric Lounge got shut down, and you know, just from the work we had done there, and then started with South by. Like, I was able to go to Danny Crooks over at Steamboat and be like, "Hey, man, you know." we got this show with Jizza and one of the Wu-Tang Clan members and we'd love to do, he's like, yeah, Mike Henry's already called us and we'd love to have you guys come over here and, you know, and they went to Angela and was like, hey, you know, I got some smaller local stuff that I'd like to do here, maybe bring in an out-of-town DJ, call it the mixtape sessions and she was like, yeah, let's give it a shot, you know, which I ended up doing some some of the living legend stuff like, not as a group, but all the solo projects that everybody had. I brought Grouch and Sunspot, or Grouch and Mystic Journeymen over there one yeah. time. I brought DJ Swamp over there to come do Man, something. Right. I brought, you know, and um, she loved it when we came in. You know, we always packed their bar. We always had good time. Like like I said, you know, every once in a while we had to check a few graffiti writers or mm-hmm. a few people acting up in the crowd. And you know, we 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 did a few battles mm-hmm. over there. And we would wait till after the headliner to do the battle. So everybody's, yeah, everybody's raving a couple of times. Like one time, uh, I think Trey God was there. Nook was there. Um, head was there. Uh, slug from atmosphere was there. And like all these people are getting up there more freestyling than they are trying to battle. And, and slug picks up the mic like, man, y'all ain't battling. Y'all are freestyling. Like I want to freestyle too. And, you know it ends up in a battle at the end of the night with T-Double and oh, wow. they just kind of take it and turn it into a show instead of a battle and yeah I man it was great you know just lots of good times you know and then then once we went over to Mercury which they were in the little small spot kind of over by where Coyote Ugly is or mm-hmm. Buckshot's is right now and uh had a little stage in there a little PA and Little backstage area, and they he let us come in and do a few things in there. I think we did um, Old Dominion, and we had um, I self divine from oh, Micronauts. Yeah. We had the Micronauts yeah. there. We had a, and uh, we put on, you know, a couple local crews to open for that, and it it was really good. And once Mark saw what we had been doing, he was like, man, you know, I'm about to go open this venue over here on top of the jazz restaurant and and we went up there and saw that room and was like, man, I can't believe they wasting that thing on comedy right now. Cause that, that stage Mm -hmm. and that wood floor, like it's so perfect for, you know, I think it holds like 700 people, something like that, man. And it's just so perfect for a live sound, especially a live organic sound like that. Like it's all hardwood in there. It doesn't bounce around. Everything is, It just breaks my heart that they're using that thing for nothing. Like it's only open for events now. Like it's not a regular bar.
0: I thought it was like shut down.
1: Yeah, no, they're doing a comedy joint over there on the weekend, and I don't think they're like bringing any kind of names. And how could you? You're half a block away from the the Ritz, the The mothership over there. Yeah, man.
0: A lot of comedy going on here.
1: Austin's a joke right now. Yeah. Austin is a big joke right now, <laughs> literally. It's not funny. Yeah, it's
0: not. <laughs> no, people are always like, come on, man. You like, I'm like, I don't like them. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm woke. How about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care how you feel. <laughs> you know? But it's funny. It's a crazy transformation in that room. And I'm, what the hell is, how is, what is, the, Emos, the old Emos, still just opens up for South By and special and events. And that's it. Are they just waiting for the developer to give them the biggest price possible? I think win? they're keeping
1: all of those spots, you know, where they're not letting anybody open anything right now. Um, Stream Stream Realty just bought that whole block across the street from Flamingo and it's about to go up with condos over there. You know, kind of like the domain thing where the shops yeah. and stuff are underneath and the. Either condos or office buildings on top and, and then from right next door to us, the tattoo shop, yeah. all the way down to Payota Ugly, they, they own that too, and they're gonna wow. eventually knock down because they couldn't get ours. They couldn't get Casino, Casino El Camino. He owns the dirt over there. And then that other one is donated from uh to to uh uh Esther's Follies. Yeah. You know, I believe that was uh the old country writer that owned that. Hmm. Property, and he pretty much set that thing in stone. Where they just they're going to be there, you know. Yeah, I hope so some of those
0: buildings need to have historic status for real. I mean, that, yeah. the building directly across from you guys don't,
1: It's historic. It's but gotta, they're going to keep the face okay, just like New York City. Go up behind the building, you know. They got to keep the face of it looking like it's always looked. So. Man. But they're promising that, you know, they're going to clean it up over there. I don't know. you you got, you know, Skid Row half a block away. I don't know how you think you're going to clean it up over there. You know yeah. what I mean? The city's pretty much set on never moving that homeless shelter, from you know, half a, a block away from the entertainment district. Right. Worst decision they've ever made in their life to put that over there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, next I, to
1: the entertainment district where all the college kids are going to be like it just don't make sense. I I've, I've got 10,000 crack dealers in my alley. You know what I mean? Serving them up like it ain't safe back there. Right. You know, but they can't tell them to move. It's public property.
0: Man, I and I just said you know? I'm woke and I am, but I'm also like sensible. And I've heard many quote unquote liberals or whoever whatever they are talking about like why you can't complain about that. That's fair. And I'm like, no, that was a dumb place to put that.
1: Yeah. It was a really From stupid jump.
0: place to put that. It was dumb. This is the thing about me with little, with girls, daughters, 14 year old music fans who yeah. like me want to go to shows and there's an all ages venue on Red River. All those are, most of them are all ages. And so I'm like, okay, i say there, you off.
1: There's lots of resources in Westlake. I say we put that in Westlake.
0: Exactly. Say hello, Westlake. Water access. Seriously, no. That was just just any that exact particular spot where everyone goes, like the kids. Like I had to think about. I told my daughters a couple times. I was like, "Text me and wait in the ven- inside the venue." <laughs> till I tell you, I'm outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't want you standing around on Red River at eleven o'clock because mm-hmm. here in Austin too, that's another problem. All these shows, like there's early shows for like the bigger stuff, but there's so many venues, man. You're like, mm-hmm. bro, it's Tuesday. And you're all ages. Why are the headliners going on at 12? You know, like, my kids, they're not even allowed to be out that late.
1: Yeah, we're not allowed to have all ages where I'm at. So
0: Flamingo? Yeah. No.
1: Yeah, she won't even do 18 and over most of the time. You know, all our neighbors frown on that kind of thing, man. Yeah. You know, and, and then, I mean, given all the riffraff, I call it the shit show. Happens a block away. Yeah, really. in the in the in the four hundred block. We're on the five hundred block. But anytime any shootings and anything went get down, it's always in the four hundred block, three hundred block. Yeah, you know. And I usually sometimes the the music is so loud I don't even hear the shots, and I just see the crowds running. Mm -hmm. That's when I know something went down. It's time to shut the doors. But but um,
0: man, that's the thing. I uh, but Ali, did you just talked about? Man, I the last time I scrubbed a bathroom from graffiti because i didn't know who this, these people were and i did a show in houston at a pl- venue that was like nice enough to let us do it it wasn't like a they they had no idea what they were getting into <laughs> and like man i was like about to leave at one thirty or 2 and they're like oh my god you need to see this bathroom what are you gonna do about it and i'm like oh and i was I like you, 5 we'll be a. back and yeah no i stayed and just did it they were freaking out and like mm-hmm. Made me really reconsider that whole punk rock aesthetic of everything's got to be all ages, and I was like, I don't dealing with this shit. (laughs) These kids, man, like, there's a place for everything, but uh, I understand that.
1: Yeah, it's hard, man, and you know, a lot of that that goes down out there is all the underage kids that are doing it, and and they can't get into none of those bars, and they're just standing out there, and we know they're packing. Yeah, you know, And, and and the messed up thing is. We're not allowed to carry no guns in them bars. Right. You know what I mean? So we know it's out there. We know it's right there.
0: Man, Beale Street in Memphis, you got to show ID. You got to be 21 to get on Beale Street.
1: Oh, okay. On like, the street. Maybe period, not you know? on, maybe yeah. not
0: every night of the week, but on the weekends yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You have to show ID at the lake. There's cops on either end of like the strip in Memphis where like, mm-hmm. you know, and plus those are bars. Yeah. You have to be 21 to drink in this country. Get them out of there yeah go hang out at, go to the skating rink that's what we would know I mean, like, come on or we went to the punk rock club or the indie place or the house party or whatever but right no it's uh i i hate to say this because you work there and i'm it is what it is but i've gone to hoods all over the world and i'm not scared of people in general like i, I like to go everywhere see everything but there's moments on 6th Street I'm like I'm nervous. I'm like get me mm-hmm. out of here now. <laughs> I just see the like the vibe of like that blocks what you're talking about like and the vibe of yeah. people are just like you can just see
1: Yeah, I've been around here. there for a long time no, in between those two blocks I've been you know I had my first job as a teenager over there um at a pizzeria mm-hmm. you know which is Rapolo's now I'm talking when it was owned by, by some real Italians mm-hmm. you know but um And and I ran the streets down there before then when I was a teenager and, you know, working over there now. Like a lot of people know me and they know not to mess around over there where I'm at because they don't see me run up on a few people that was over there messing around. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So and, and and they get it, you know, but then there's they're the ones that don't the ones that don't know, don't care. You know, those are the ones a little bit to fear with fear of. But most of the time, all the other ones that know me and know, I, I, I'll pull your card on it. You know what I mean? I'll show up at your, I'll show up in your alley, bro. Like I, I'll, I'll, I'll disrupt things. Like they know not to mess around over there where I'm at. So, mm-hmm. and and right there where I'm at, between us and casino, like it's probably the safest place you can be on Sixth yeah, no, Street. Super cool you know. There. It, it, we don't, we people that come there come for a certain thing and it's not part of the shit show that's going right, on well, a block the, away. With the parish you know?
0: gone, the parish gone, y'all are literally the only original live music venue. Yeah. I mean, like, there might be some bands, There's like singer songwriters um, and stuff, but like nothing.
1: Uh, uh, Friends,
0: what is Friends book?
1: Friends is all, is, is pretty much the blues spot. Okay. And that's the place where you can. Go in there and put your name on the list and get up and you know there's shredders hanging out, bro. You think okay. you're too hot? They gonna come over and and, and get on that. You know, okay. y'all gonna be trading licks up there. But I haven't been there in years. But, but like friends to- is on the what two hundred block? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two hundred block is where friends is at. It's over next to the the uh, voodoo donuts right there. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, but us two friends and. Flamingo, like that's where you can come and play your music. Mm -hmm. You don't have to come in there and play somebody else's music.
0: Yeah, DJ's cover bands, whatever, karaoke. Cover bands
1: and everything else is basically what, you know, everything else is over there. Maggie Mays, they got that little deck up there, always have a lot of bands, always a bunch of, you know, sublime covers and you know. But as far as original music goes, man, you can always book something at those two venues or just show up mm-hmm. at Friends and, and and sign the list, man. Get your band up on the stage, just plug in. So oh, A yeah. guy named Darius Darius Jackson, man, he's, he's, he's a left-hander, man. Yeah. He's a left-hander, and I've seen him come in to our venue and get on stage and turn that thing over and play it right-handed. Mm. So he's playing it upside down and backwards. Weird. You know what I mean? And, Face and sounding that. like he's playing it left-handed. Scarface you know I mean? does that too. Really? Mm-hmm. That's amazing, man. That's a That's some Jimi Hendrix yeah. type, you know?
0: That's wild. Well, I'm glad you can give us that insight, man, because I've yeah. been too out of touch with a lot of that stuff, like 6th Street. I wouldn't even think about Friends. That's true. I, we I, we booked it up with Friends back in the day. Yeah. Nice people room for sure, yeah, you
1: know, but yeah, there's not many left. there's us, there's what anton's on fifth, yep, you know, and but everything else River, is so. pretty much on Red River, and yeah, moving down to riverside now,
0: yeah, it's crazy, crazy, which
1: I think us and um, they rented out the old palm door mm-hmm. for the week of South by this year, so it's gonna be us, the Palm door. Are gonna be the only two venues on Sixth Street because of the shooting that happened a few years ago. They've been trying to disassociate themselves with the quote unquote shit show. Yeah. You know, just like everybody else. And they've pretty much booked Red River and Riverside and stuff on the East, East Sixth Street is even well, yeah. getting more in on the South by Southwest thing. And we're gonna be the only real two venues on Dirty Six is us and Palm Door.
0: Whoa! I had no idea. That's crazy. So that just opens it up to all the shit show people Let doing data. come down there and
1: think it's still there and do whatever y'all are doing over there because it's not part of what we're doing. Yeah, all our stuff is over here on the east side of town now. And
0: wow! 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 Crazy. And now, and because the
1: shooting that happened over there had nothing to do with South by Southwest no. being there. It was just a bunch of dumb little young punks out in the street that you know think it's cool to bring your guns down there. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's the place you do it. Right. That's the way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it. speaking of you touching this, and this would be a good way to wrap up with like um, the, the things that have changed in Austin. I remember when you were saying that they were saying they, they'll never go to that venue. They won't do this. They won't do that. And you're like, we're going to build it. They'll come. That was the same thing with the scoot in and the Scootin built that outdoor stage not like it is now but it was you know it was a mm-hmm. scrappy little stage for South by and they built it like Tuesday like I was having a heart attack like y'all said you're going to have a stage <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I booked you know Dizzy Rascal and LP and all kinds of people oh, yeah. like that uh, and whatever 06 07 whatever mm-hmm. that was and South, South by people were like, I don't know if people are going to walk all the way over there. I don't know if people are going to go to the Scoot in. I was like, look, man, these are destination shows. They're not like the people that are going in and out of every venue. They're coming for this rap show. Yeah. And it really worked out and built in. That's a Live Nation venue now. Well, hey, Man, I really appreciate you coming through, man. And uh, definitely it's been a long time coming. We should def- Maybe we should rebuild after South by and get some stories of what What you did, what happened this year, man. For sure. Come back. And, uh, I mean, we actually went over. I usually cut about an hour on these things. So, hopefully we get everybody to stick with us. How far are we now? Hour and 38 minutes. It's good. Appreciate all y'all for tuning in to Talk So Real with Matt Sunzal. My guest today has been Doug Mecca, and you can get in touch with him where?
1: Oh, man. You can find me Facebook. You can find me Instagram, Douglas Mecca.
0: Gotcha. Thank you, brother, and thank you all for listening.